very warm welcome to Kenmore Church Online. I hope you enjoy this service with us. Let's have a look at our family news. Christian communities take the time to pray for each other. We are making it even easier to do that with a powerful new addition to our online Next Steps launcher called Prayer Hub at Kenmore.Church. By following the simple links and prompts, you can request prayer or join us in praying for the needs that come in as part of your daily routine. You can keep your request private among our small team of intercessors or have it posted the Prayer Hub where our regular church folk can pray for you. The general public can't see our Prayer Hub, you apply for access. So sign on today by following the yellow Next Steps icon on the website at kenmore.church. Alpha is preparing to run in April of this year. If you want to see others follow Jesus, contact Lani to join the Alpha team or be thinking about who you can invite. Our powerful formation courses are back after two disrupted years with a whole new vision for how you can take part. Starting with our brand new 7pm Sanctuary experience on Tuesday nights, you can then break out for your group time. We also will combine a shorter, cheaper and in-house weekend experience with a powerful Sunday evening service each quarter. For April, we are taking regos for two courses. Refresh is for those who want to go deeper in their engagement with the Holy Spirit and Reform is for those who know it's time to break through and grow in a particular area. Find out more at kenmore.church forward slash growth track or go to our events page. Kenmore Men's Axe Throwing Night is on Saturday the 9th of April from 7pm. Men 18 and above are invited to come along for 90 minutes of axe throwing fun. Boys aged 14 to 17 are also able to attend but must be accompanied by their respective parent or legal guardian. The cost is $40. For more information and to register, go to kenmore.church events. Kids and youth programs are growing just as we hoped they would. On Sundays, we have kids everywhere. Right now, we are planning some exciting ways to provide lots more space where it's needed. This will also change a few things about where you come into church, so keep an eye out. One of the improvements will be a dedicated and comfortable space for parents to take their kids when their energy and volume gets a bit too high for our services. It will have video feed, seating and lots of space. In the meantime, we are making the cafe available for the same purpose. Feel free to give the toddlers a break and grab a coffee while you tune in to the service stress-free. For more information about anything that's happening at Kenmore Church, visit our website at kenmore.church or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We hope you enjoy the service. Have you ever wondered what happens when God picks up the paintbrush? And this is also my title for today's message. It's God's paintbrush. And I want to share a a verse with you that we get in Ephesians 2 verse 10 it says the following for we are God's masterpiece he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do things he planned beforehand for us 
such a beautiful verse and, and, and load it in, in, in so much theology. But I want to start with that word, first of all, masterpiece. God is saying we are his masterpiece. If we, if we look at the, the Greek word for the word that's being used there, it's literally saying that we are God's artwork. We are a piece of art. And then I, I love, he goes on, the writer Paul goes on and he says that he has created us anew. And that's a beautiful picture of God's heart for us. He's, he's making us brand new. He's not putting us together when, when we fall down and we are broken. He's not putting the pieces together. It is as if God is taking a brand new canvas, picking up the brush and starting to paint his masterpiece. There's a couple of things about artwork that, that's just um, so easy, recognizable, especially if you love art and you know art. Now, I'm not a, a great fan of artwork. I don't, I don't know all the artists, but there's some things that you just know when you see artwork. Uh, for, for some of you, it, it will be easy if, if, if there's a Monet you will see it and spot it very uh, easily because you know the way that Monet paints. You, you just know the characteristics of, of the paintings or a Rembrandt or a Picasso. I mean, a Picasso's eye would be here and, and one on, on the bottom. It's, 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 it's just different. You just know. And then on the painting, it will have a signature of that artist no my mum-in-law is is an artist and and i love my house is full of her paintings uh, also this painting here behind me is one of her paintings and and, and i just know when it's one of hers uh, you can it, you can easily recognize it but when god picks up the paintbrush it's also uniquely god when god says we are his artwork his masterpiece when we are created anew in Jesus Christ, there's some unique strokes that, that once he, he, he takes the paintbrush and he, he paints some strokes over our lives, over this new canvas, there's, there's uniquely God stuff that we can identify. And that is what happens in our lives. And one of the things, one of the, the, the things that happens in our lives when God picks up the paintbrush, is transformation takes place transformation in our lives takes place and i want to share today for a brief moment three truths three truths about god and what happens to us and as we we explore the gospel of jesus christ when 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 we accept the gospel of the of jesus christ three truths that takes place and that happens and I want to share it with you, especially when God takes the paintbrush and, and he brushes the strokes. This is what happens to us. Number one is the gospel means change. The gospel means change. Christianity is all about transformation, not conformity. Religion, church, that is about conformity. Christianity is about transformation 
you can see easily spot the difference between religion and Christianity religion conforms the outside it tells us how to dress how to walk how to talk but Christianity and being a believing believer that changes us from the inside out how do you know someone is a Christian not uh, by the way they look on the outside but uh, by the way that they look on the inside it changes us the gospel means change first truth for today is the gospel means change 2 Corinthians 5 17 in the King James New King James Version says the following therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation all things have passed away behold all things have become new it's a beautiful picture of God picking up the paintbrush on a brand new canvas painting his masterpiece and what happens to us is transformation it says in the word that he is a new creation the Greek word used there is it's literally the word metamorphosis uh, metamorphosis which means to transform into something new and we know the concept of metamorphosis um, it's it's where that ugly caterpillar that uh, with with ugly things on him it's it's not a beautiful little creature goes into the cocoon and and spends some time and transformation happens and suddenly when he breaks out it's a beautiful picture of a butterfly and and i guess that that is what god is is doing in our lives i'm not just guessing it i know that god is is transforming our lives it, it lets me think about church and uh, church can't change our lives although attendance is very important because what church is church is the easel for the painting to stand on it, it it's 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 the cocoon where transformation can take place church can't transform us but it it, it can help us and give us the desire to change what does the gospel mean to us the gospel means change I want to put it in a story form and I'm going to do a bit of reading in John 3 verse 1 to 7. It says the following. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Meaning you, you can spot him and see by his outward appearance he was a religious leader, a Pharisee. After dark one evening, interesting, in the dark, after dark one evening... He came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? Explained Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth 
to spiritual life. Nicodemus, a, a spiritual leader, a Pharisee, you can see it by his clothes. He approaches Jesus in the night because what, why? Why in the night? Because he had other friends that would probably have not uh, agreed with him to go and speak with Jesus. He says to Jesus, I know God is with you. We listen to your teachings. And it's an interesting picture. Some of us don't want other people to know we are exploring faith. We are exploring God. We are going to church. We are keeping it a secret. It doesn't have to be a secret church. God wants to transform you. And Jesus comes and explains, if you want to see the kingdom, you have to be born again. Born again, being born with water, that is your water baptism, new life. Once you go down the baptism pool and you come up, the old life has stayed behind. You you've have been given a new life and the Spirit, meaning um, you have to be baptized by the Spirit of God as well. Being transformed, getting your new spiritual life. The gospel church changes the gospel means change. That is what the gospel means. Is we are changed. We are born again. We are new. We are God's masterpiece. He's picked up the paintbrush and has painted a stroke of transformation in our lives. Second truth. Second truth is this. Number two. God loves us as we are. But he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. God loves us as we are, but He loves us too much to leave us the way we are. Now, I guess in this world, there's, there's two types of Gospels. It's, it's God loves you just the way you are. And, and that's where it stops. You don't have to change. And, and some people do preach that. It's, it's, it's what we call the grace gospel it's just grace 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 god loves you just the way you are you don't have to change but then there's a second gospel also being preached uh, and, and that is just truth 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 uh, or or what i like to call it it's the turn or burn messages if you don't change you're going to go to hell if you don't change you're going to burn if you don't turn you're going to burn uh, and i guess that that is true as well but, but the one gospel cannot go without the other gospel. Both gospels are true, but both gospels go together. It's grace and truth. See, grace without truth is, is meaningless. Only truth and only sharing the truth is, is actual mean, being mean. But grace and truth is meaningful. It, it gives us the complete picture of the heart of God. That God loves us just the way we are. But He loves us too much to leave us the way we are. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son. Who came from the Father full of grace and truth. You see, grace attracts. Truth unravels. Yes, maybe a better way to, to state it. Grace 
invites us to be free. But the truth sets us free. God loves you just the way you are. But He loves you too much to, to leave you the way you are. Third truth. Then I'm going to give some application steps. Third truth is if I'm, and, and this is probably the hardest one for us and maybe a toe stomping truth. But if, if I'm not changing, I might not really know God. When, when, when I get to meet God and, and I give him the permission to take the paintbrush and paint over our lives. If I'm not changing I might not really, and I'm saying I might, I might not really know God. It's a tough one, but the word says the following. 1 John 1 verse 6 to 10. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins. Interesting that, that it's in the if we confess, meaning we all have sins. But we can't go and say we don't have sin. We, we do, all of us, me included. But if we confess it, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word is not in us. It's interesting. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's actually a bit truthful and it hurts, but... But God is also giving us a, a, a way out. So don't say you are without sin. You are with sin. Just confess it. Walk in the light. Bring it in the light. Confess it. He says in John. And John doesn't um, stay away from this topic. It, it's important for him. It's tough. It's a hard one to swallow. But he goes on at it again in, in, in chapter 2. And verse 4, it says, whoever, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Meaning, must be transformed, must be changed. Change needs to happen in our life. 1 John 5, 3 says, In fact, this love for God, keep His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. It reminds me of a story once. I was driving down the highway, and, and probably, well, I was going too fast uh, on, on the highway, breaking the law, and a traffic officer pulled me over and said sir uh, do you know what you've done wrong and i said yes um, and he was very gracious towards me on that day i was breaking the law probably uh, were to get a big fine and and he let me off the hook and the interesting thing is that as i drove away i was sticking to the limit i was sticking to the speed limit 
that was set out for that road. And that is what grace does to us. When God forgives us, we don't go out and sin more. We actually sin less because of the grace that we've received. If I had to pay for that ticket, I would have probably been been angry at myself, at the traffic cop, and this just carried on speeding. I mean, you might as just enjoy what you paid for, isn't it? But I, I received grace that day, and I tasted mercy. And, and because of the grace that I've received, I, I kept to the limit. If, we, if I'm not changing, maybe I'm not really knowing God and know God really. And there's three ways, three ways to let God transform you. To give God the opportunity to take the paintbrush and make some strokes in your lives. And one of the biggest strokes he's going to do is transformation. Maybe you were asking, but, but how do I transform, Zalvin? What do I need to do to, to be able to transform? And I want to give you three uh, practical application steps that you can do to experience transformation. Number one, number one is get past who you were and focus on what who God wants you to become. Get past who you were and focus on who God wants you to become. I mean, everyone has a past. Every one of us has a past, even me. We, we all have a past and we all uh, uh, failed at something or somewhere in our lives that, that we just let the ball drop and, and, and made a mess. But God uses people whose life is not necessarily in order. He, he used a stutterer. He used Paul. I mean, Paul was... A prosecutor of, of Christians, a murderer. He, he was the one that 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 went out uh, and go went to kill Christians. God used him. Get past who you were and focus on who, who God wants you to become. Romans one, verse one says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart. For the gospel of God. He's, he's called. He, he was a murderer and he, he got called. You have a calling on your life. God wants you to become something. Forget about your past and focus on what he wants you to become. He wanted Paul to become an apostle. Jesus changes people and he can change your life. Colossians 3, 7 and 8 says... You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. You used to live that way. Don't focus on your past anymore. But focus on who God wants you to become. Number two, give God permission to change everything. Give God permission to change everything and and the lord god is strong enough to go change you in a second he he, he he can change you in a second but that's not how he works the word says he's knocking he's knocking on the door and if you will recognize his voice and hear him 
you'll open up for him. He's not going to break down your, your door to come and change you. That's not, not how he plays church. That's not how he operates. You need to give him permission. Lord, come and change my life. How long? Maybe God is knocking years already and you haven't given him the chance yet. How long before you give him the chance? How long before you, before you submit to him and say, God, here I am. Come change me. How long? Galatians 5, 19 to 24 says, The acts of the flesh. Interesting, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul is writing this not to the world. He's writing this to the church. Say, I can see how your flesh is operating, church. And Paul is warning us, don't operate that way. Invite God to come and change your life. What happens when He comes and changes our lives? We experience fruit. But the fruit, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It's interesting, Paul says, it's no law, it's, it's a fruit. I don't want you to turn off this message and say, Zalvin said, we, we need to be under a law. I, I need to be kind. I need to be, have a spirit of kindness. No, 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 it's, it's not a law. That is religion. It's a fruit. It's when I spend time with God, God changed me. But fruit comes. Where did that come from? Where did this kindness come from? It's when you allow God to change your life. How do I get this fruit? Psalm 34, 4 verse 6 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desire of your heart. He's not going to give you everything you want. He's going to give you the desire. He's going to give you the want. When, when, when we spend time with Him, He changes our desires because He gives us the want that we actually want. He says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Philippians 2.13 For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. He gives us the desire, but we need to invite Him in. And thirdly, allow the change to begin today. Allow the change to begin today. That's what I love about the local church and the expression, especially here at Kenmore Church, is this is what church is about. We, we create moments. The, the, the service, the church service can't change you. But in a church service, it, it creates moments and it gives you the desire and the want to change. Gives you the desire to change. And, and that is why I want to invite you into the 
into the room, back into the room, so that you can experience the moments. And don't miss the moments where you want to change. Decide today that you want to change, that it change begins today. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says the following, But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We are being transformed. We are being changed with an unveiled face. Do we have a history? Yes. But you have an unveiled face and you can go and stand in front of God, worshipping Him. Let Him transform you. Let Him take the paintbrush and brush the stroke of transformation. I'm over my time, but I want to end off with this story. And it's a story of Marina Chapman. Interesting story. There was a whole book and series on National Geographics about her. At four years of age, she was abducted from her backyard. Men took her, put a sack over her. Uh, they, they used a chemical to, to, to knock her out. And uh, she remembers how she was dragged at four years of age, dragged through the jungle and, and the, the uh, bushes is, is, is just cutting her and the leaves. And, uh, and, and just the unimaginable happened to this four-year-old girl. Her clothes was ripped off her. These men just abused her. And you know what happened. She thought someone would come and get her, but these men left her there in the jungle to die. The first night, she, she writes in her book how she remembers the sounds, the scary thoughts, at four years of age alone. Second day, she thought someone will come. Third day, someone did come, but it was a bunch of monkeys, and they were... They were attacking her and scratching her and biting towards her. But the monkeys left food. And that's how she survived the third day. And again, the next day, the monkeys came back. And they've accepted her. And just as a four-year-old didn't know anything better, she started to follow the monkeys. They've accepted her. They've accepted her in, in the, the canopy, in the trees. She started to live like a monkey. She ate like the monkeys. And a couple years later, 12 years later, she saw something out of the canopy while she was laying high in the tree, something that reflected. Out of curiosity, she went down, she picked it up, and when she saw it, she threw it away because this thing that she picked up had two eyes. Again, she got the courage she got the courage to go and look again. And she discovered at that moment that it was her own reflection. She was picking up a mirror and saw she's different. She's not one of them. Although she acts like a monkey and she eats like the monkey and she lives with the monkeys. She's not one of them. And a discontentment in her heart grew that she knew she's called for something bigger. A couple of months passed and hunters in the, 
in the jungle founded this young teenage girl and saved her. She had to learn how to speak again. She lost her words, how to eat again, how to train again. And currently at, at past 60 years of age, she's living in England. And she has grandkids and uh, she, she writes in a book the, fam the most favorite thing she does with her grandkids is, is climbing the trees. Uh, she's probably very good at it. But there was this discontentment in her. Now I want to share with you that she immediately experienced that moment when she looked into the mirror that she's called for something bigger something better a higher calling on her life and i want to tell you that there's a higher call on your life god is the masterpiece worker he's the creator he's the painter he wants to come and take the paintbrush and brush the the transformation in your life but you need to invite him into that space and to say god change me because that's what the gospel is about jesus's story is about changing your life invite him into that space and let him change you 2 corinthians 3 18 says but we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory as by the spirit of the lord you are created in his image be transformed and choose to be transformed today let's pray lord thank you for your goodness thank you for your mercy and thank you lord that you want to change our lives you love us just the way we are but you love us too much to leave us the way we are and lord we want to invite you into this space to come and transform our lives in jesus mighty name amen and amen may you have a blessed sunday and a blessed week when we look into the mirror we should see the image of god what areas of your life have you uh, allowed God to transform in your life? How is it different today? Maybe a second question is, what areas in your life still needs the master strokes brush so that he can transform your life? And, and where and what areas in your life do you need to start surrendering today so that you can experience change? If you look into the image, you should see the image of God because He transforms us.